0: To navigating Education the podcast episode number 24. Today I am interviewing Robert Martellacci and we're going to be talking about co-working spaces Canadian EdTech and the state of Canadian education. We are on all streaming platforms such as Google, Spotify, Anchor and Apple. We look forward to having this conversation and for you to listen. It's a great one. Our episode today, we're focusing on co-working spaces and just really what's going on in can, uh, Canada regarding um, education and ed, ed, ed tech. And I felt like you'd be the person to talk to because you're probably the most can, uh, connected um I think, educator regarding Canadian uh, ed tech and education, just from what you do, and just going to talk a little bit about um, him right now. He's the founder and president of the international award-winning Mindshare Learning Technology, um, and he's recognized as one of uh, Canada's foremost ed tech thought leaders and um, ed tech digest top global influencer so he makes a lot of partnerships with Canadian schools focuses on consulting with them regarding educational technology and has a background in ed tech and he actually went to a school in uh, Southern California which I'm very familiar with Pepperdine University for his master's in uh, educational technology so thank you so much for being here
1: pleasure Matt thank you for having me
0: yeah so Let's talk a little bit more about yourself. I mean, I just covered, just summarized a little bit about you, but yeah. I always like to tell, talk to educators about what is their background, what is their context, because everyone day to day looks a little bit different. So, talk to us a little you know, bit what you do. Uh, on absolutely.
1: You know, uh, you know, the journey for me began uh, as a university student. Uh, I studied sport management and economics and segwayed into a sport information director role having played hockey at york university and then i pivoted over to and that was a great stepping stone you know pr marketing storytelling multitasking organizing events um it, we had 45 varsity teams that we managed which <laughs> would leave your head spinning uh at the end of the day and uh so i segwayed to the business side where we connected with the uh, Kevin O'Leary's uh, company, The Learning Company, you may re- remember Reader Rabbit, Kid Vicks mm-hmm. Oregon Trail, that legendary exactly. product yeah. uh, back in the day. And I think it's still around, actually. It's a great uh, learning adventure, right? Kids love adventure and uh, challenges. So uh, I got lured away from York to launch the school division of The Learning Company, a startup in Canada. So my startup experience started 25 years ago And after we were sold to Mattel Toys, Kevin O'Leary, the the founder who's on Shark's Tank, now he's a Canadian, inspired me to start Mindshare Learning. So we're in our 20th year of uh, impacting learning and uh, nurturing student success through our strategy consulting where we help companies connect with education and understand the emerging needs. And we're publishing our 14th year uh, of the Mindshare report inspired by my master's in tech at Pepperdine University in Malibu, California, of all places. Love your area. Love coming down there. I can't wait to come back down post-pandemic. And uh, we have a conference, an annual conference that we're uh, hosting our 12th Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit this fall, really looking at reimagining learning. We'd love to have you uh, come on and and present uh, on one of the panels uh with congratulations on your new book by the way coming out and i look forward to podcasting with you what's the title on
0: that by the way So the new book is called navigating the toggle term a guide for k-12 classroom in school leaders so it's uh awesome. it's really, really exciting a lot of ed tech integration learning how to um really uh teach in online blended yeah. and traditional in person so really just essentially culmination of what you've been talking and, about.
1: And there's some real lessons to be learned um, in the uh, coming uh, year with Back to School. We, I'm co-founder and CEO of C21 Canada, not-for-profit Canadians for 21st century learning and innovation where we uh, develop the, the six C's and uh, we have uh, an inquiry-based uh, learning um, product and we've, uh, we are updating our back to school post-pandemic playbook because we really have to uh, provide education leaders with insight around what worked, you know, what, what are some of the challenges and opportunities and, and pr- the prevention piece, right? Uh, my, my wife is uh, with the local city here, a city clerk, and they have a disaster management team that plans and prepares and goes through mock scenarios. Education, I don't know any school districts that actually had a disaster management plan that I'm aware of in Canada, perhaps in the US. They might have redundancy on their server farms, but not to sustain learning. So education was really caught, you know, with their pants down, if you will.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely, I think. Kind of yeah. gives you
1: a sense of what I do.
0: Yeah, I know, definitely. You got your, hat, your, you know, your hands in a lot of different baskets and it's uh, great to always learn from you because you are learning constantly um, through just everything that you are doing. And I know that one of the other things that you do, I don't know if you mentioned here, is that you do co working spaces. Right, I forgot
1: to talk about coworking. We are immersed in the future work and learning and we become really passionate in helping people innovate, connect and grow. Uh, and learn in their own backyard. Right. And, you know, the pandemic has spurred a third space. There was a a recent study that came out that talked about um, how people will be looking for a third workspace where they can infuse hybrid work and learning models Mm -hmm. um, because not everyone's going to be going downtown like they used to. So uh, you know, work and learning has come of age and uh, we are, you know, helping nurture and problem solve, if you will, right? Because it really is problem solving. What inspired my co-working space was the fact that uh, we were in a tech building at York University where I did my undergrad and we were in, we were, uh, in the Institute for Research on Tech and Learning and he needed the space back. So I had to problem solve. I was stuck with what's next. And so I ended up saying, you know, to myself, Well, damn it. Why don't I create my own space? I have a vision of what learning environments and work environments should be. And we, we create our own space here. And I'm sitting at the podcast studio here. We have a a flexible agile classroom. We have a boardroom. We have a cafe. We have workspaces. We have yoga. We have robotics for kids. Uh, We we've had art gallery showings. So we're totally flexible. And uh, yeah, it's never been a more exciting time to be immersed in work and learning. And we just got invited to set up another store, a working learning store in another mall uh, nearby towards Buffalo.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I've been in one locally in uh, San Diego area that's right next to a university. Wow. And they have, you know, exactly what you talked about, like a boardroom, cafe, multiple office spaces. And I feel like that that is such a. For companies now, I mean, this was before uh, the pandemic, and I felt like, yeah, this is great for people to come in and work, um, you know, one or two days a week. There, maybe they need to go somewhere else. Maybe they're independent contractors. But I think now more than ever, these spaces can be used for schools and learning because right. I think that now we've seen there's a lot of non traditional routes that we can go in education, and I think that these co working spaces could be a good model for smaller non-traditional schools you could call micro schooling or
1: absolutely
0: could be like a charter school that is just has not that many students maybe like 100 students but they come in Um, every other, you know, day or they come in um, in a hybrid manner. Absolutely.
1: And we're infusing work integrated learning, right? So Mm -hmm. we have co-op students that come to our space and work with us, you know, pre-pandemic, but work integrated learning with university students, ICTC in Ottawa is uh, funding uh, women in tech. So we uh, are uh, harnessing that program and we're going to be implementing a podcast, national podcast series. And I, we talked off air about our new Mindshare Mentors yep. Initiative, where we are going to be the platform for work integrated learning, co-ops, internships, and funding. There's no central source currently that solves that challenge, is there?
0: No, there no, there's not. And I think that um, I've talked to a lot of people about this is that you can call this like decentralized education, where you provide all these community relations with students and you have that provide that immersive opportunity where you can have your hands in multiple areas and and it can be in that blended, blended learning setting. So I think that uh, what you're talking about really is something that is for the future and do you think mm-hmm. in the next five where do you see this ha- going in five yeah, years or so
1: great question i think in the future every student will have an opportunity to have uh experience a co-op or work integrated learning uh program um whether they're in high school or college and that could cas- cascade right down to middle school mm-hmm. um you know there are kids that we've seen um in uh, Toronto district who are participating in a business game teachers uh, the same teachers been running it for the last 10 years they won our national contest and they have kids creating startups and doing spreadsheets and letters and uh, branding and a showcase to and creating products and uh, and going through I- job interviews in order to take on certain roles. I was a mentor in, in, in the program. And it's been fascinating to see these kids harness the, uh, the opportunity and, and seize the moment. And having mature conversations with grade five and six-year-old kids about j- jobs and careers and their skills. When you give kids agency, when you give them the opportunity to storytell they thrive and, mm-hmm. and that really is what it comes down to is you know giving them real world uh opportunities to problem solve and and prepare them for the next level
0: no definitely and i and i think the biggest thing for this type of environment is just to scale uh it up i mean having districts and schools within whether United States, Canada have their own co-op, you know, co-working space within, right. you know, whether it's the mall, whether it's maybe yeah. a downtown location or just somewhere where students can go. I think that's the the next major step with this. Right. And the, and
1: the community is a school, isn't it? The pandemic mm-hmm. taught us that school is not confined to four walls. Exactly. And and it will never be again. And, you know the hybrid model definitely is something that's be, be, being being talked about. But, you know, getting that work integrated learning experience, having schools, outdoor schools, uh, you know, when we were in the Yukon, uh, one of the schools had kids outdoors in the winter wintertime uh, learning. Mm-hmm. And And so if you're, if you have the right environment, if you're dressed appropriately, you can learn outdoors anywhere for that matter. And it's so much more engaging than being confined to four walls,
0: isn't it? No, definitely. And that's, I think that's the future of education is that, you know, the boundaries of a classroom have been lifted and it can occur anywhere with um, an internet connection and a device or a teacher with the students in that environment. So um, I want to shift our conversation to um, talking a little bit about um, what, you know, I want to talk about the state of Canadian education and ed tech. So part of this is I want, our listeners that may be United States based listeners, what can we learn from Canada over the past 16 months? And because we're in this together, we're in this together as a world. Great question. And
1: uh, you know, we are in the process of updating our pandemic back to school playbook uh, that we created last year. So we created the Canadian Coalition for Learning at Home. It was an emergency type of uh, task force, if you will that we pulled together uh, with our C21 community, which is made up of district superintendents, CEOs, CIOs and industry to help problem solve and and paint a picture for uh, and and how to sustain learning. So uh, out of that emerged uh, some fascinating webinar series that we created uh, where we drew in, uh, district CEOs talking about what was working, what, how were they uh, communicating and inspiring l- sustained learning? Case in point, the superintendent CEO in um, in Surrey was jo- Dr. Jordan Tinney was doing weekly update videos with his stakeholder community, which included parents, students. And teachers and their administrators so uh, when you uh, are in a crisis courageous leadership is vital having those leaders who are there to immediately uh, take the bull by the horns and say okay this is where we're going here's what we're doing and uh, let's leverage right tools at the right time. As I am here, I'm using the right tools out of my toolbox to enable our conversation. Mm -hmm. I have a whole array of tools that you could see here in my background with the LCD panel, the podcasting tools. And that's really what it's about and professional learning. How was that being achieved? Some of the school districts started their own video vignette, uh, YouTube series where they had quick hit how to's because they were so pressed for time. They couldn't do their typical professional learning that they enabled um, their teams to create these little video vignettes to help teachers learn on the fly. So you really had to become more agile as a teacher, as a leader in enabling sustained learning. And some things came of age, you know, flip clap, Flipped classroom came of age mm-hmm. where teachers were challenging their students at home with the array of tools that they have to do experiments and build and create and envision and go out in the garden, in the backyard, or, or what have you to discover. Right. Mm-hmm. So, discovery and uh, flipped classroom became something that was re- and project based uh, learning and storytelling really came of age where teachers, empowered students to come back and share with your, we're talking about best practices here and the schools of the future challenge winner. And I don't know if you saw the video, grade seven and eight students created, recreated their school that was being renovated in Minecraft and infused a well-being garden, a learning commons, a daycare center, a first nations outdoor, um, you know, prayer center Uh, and, and, all all done to uh lead spec you know uh Mm -hmm. and and what infusing the sustainable development goals in grade seven and eight where will these kids be in in university like it was one of the most advanced uh and they had a mentor they had a teacher guiding them but this was a girls who game club that created this
0: wow that that's amazing that's uh just incredible and i think that Just what I I remember looking last fall at that playbook that you were talking about. I, it was easy. Someone shared it on Twitter and Mm -hmm. I was, took a look at it and I, I, I saw a number of versions that districts in the United States have created, but at the national level, we didn't have something that was as concise as the Canadian playbook. So that was um, wow, something that you. not only helped me, but it helped me in my research and practice um, in the classroom as well as in my uh, writing. So that, that was amazing to have. And I think that Canada did a great job with that playbook. And um, I think that how our education systems are are similar is that we experienced a lot of the, uh, many of the same challenges as last year and I think that there's examples on both sides of the border that um, can be used as models to help navigate um, you know the next the next school year as you know it, I think that next school year will be a little bit more predictable, but I think it's going to be right. as challenging.
1: Uh, absolutely. And there are a few themes that emerge that are really important the notion of well-being and mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, 70% of principals, Uh, surveyed will be implementing some form of well-being initiative and at the end of the day uh, kids need to get outdoors and they need an opportunity to exercise that in itself is the way I cope so if I'm not rollerblading if I'm not doing my weight training or hiking or you know being in nature uh, studies show has a real uh, therapeutic effect on your well-being, right? And kids haven't had that opportunity in the pandemic. So infusing that and, and, and helping, uh, you know, build character and resiliency, right? Resiliency is another challenge that, that kids in, and, and educators alike encountered this past year. If you're not taking care of your well-being, Particularly teachers, right? That this includes teachers as well. Teachers are very giving of their time; they're very selfless, and you need that balance, right?
0: No, definitely, uh, it's something that I've practiced in my classroom—that social emotional learning for students, but also mm-hmm. talked a lot about in my upcoming book, and then just practicing myself that self care and social emotional learning for me as right. a, a teacher and adult, yeah. because it, you know it's all about that balanced rhythm, making sure that you're not um just overworking yourself or taking too much home or mm-hmm. um not you know you have to be you know mentally um i think working on yourself by either reading or whether you have opportunity to see a therapist or you're you know physically working yeah. out i mean all those things are important and i think yeah. to be a you know having that balanced rhythm being productive and being the best person you can be for your students you gotta have you know provide that for yourselves and taking that time is is essential Yeah, and uh, just now and especially moving into the future.
1: And disconnecting too, right? Knowing when to disconnect and balance the screen time. I think that's one of my greatest challenges is screen time. I I spent, right? I spent at least seven or eight hours, if not more on screens and uh, probably a lot more than that. Uh, but you know, I do do podcasts. They do do clubhouse. And, uh, are you on clubhouse?
0: I uh, am on clubhouse. I go on from time to time.
1: I'd love to have you on my show tomorrow that we do a show, a weekly show on clubhouse.
0: No, definitely. We can talk about it after and uh, yeah. see what time it is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And the other
1: theme, uh, that, you know, diversity inclusion, right. Equity. Exactly. We saw that, Emerge this year is a key trend, and I was uh, heartened to see that school district endeavor to provide one to one computing. Where the Toronto district shipped out sixty thousand devices to families in need, unfortunately, they took them all back. Oh and no! I think a lot of districts did that. So now, where you level the playing field. Now what's next? And the other part of it is digital learning resources came of age yep. a mission critical. So the library that you have in your background uh, needed to be replicated digitally. Exactly. And not all school district had been down that path. So the school districts who embraced 21st century learning in the past were much further ahead and were able to pivot more smoothly than some of the districts who were less reticent to change. Yeah. Right. No. Yep. And that we saw, so, and, and typically that was the bigger districts because they're dealing with big district, big city challenges that some of the smaller districts and more rural or average sized districts in other areas were, were more agile and ready to make the move.
0: No, definitely. I've seen that in Southern California was as well. That, as in was the-
1: that a consistent trend?
0: Yes, in, in Southern California, as well as the United States, from what I saw, is that the bigger districts had hot, you know more difficult time pivoting um, and toggling, and the smaller districts had more of that ability to be um, flexible and toggle um, without as much problems, as well as the districts who had already one-on-one devices already given out in that infrastructure, right. that online instructional infrastructure, what, what I yeah. call it, already, you know, pretty well refined you know the districts that suffered the most really didn't have that in place um and had to really catch up quickly versus others that may have had that for years so um so speaking of ed tech before we uh finished our show tonight i know that um i think right now just as someone that has worked with some canadian ed tech companies that it's in uh uh, it's in a renaissance in terms of their impact on uh not only in canada but in the international scale so Um, What are some companies that, um, you know, teachers should start looking at for their products that are um, Canadian that, you know, people in the United States around the world can uh, use in their classrooms?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, it's really come of age. And one of the fears that Dr. Steve Jordan from U of T, a psychologist, talks about in a recent interview we did was the great snapback, right, Mm -hmm. to the tendency for teachers to... Get back in the classroom face to face and kind of dispel the technology that it wasn't worthwhile. I mean, it there technology has a place. And I talked about the tools using the right tools in the toolbox. We're big podcasters, right? So we we are embracing podcasting in a big way. So that, you know, and storytelling. Um, so, you know, you've got StreamYard, there's a bunch of tools that SoundCloud and Anchor that we really, uh, and then there's another one called Sound, it's escaping me now, that's really popular, that, uh, that SoundCloud, it'll come back to me, <laughs> that, that was, that's been used by a, one of the districts, what they did was, they actually asked the teachers and students, this is a real mind shift. What did they which products they want? What did Sound
0: Soundtrap Soundtrap? trap. Okay, yeah. I definitely Sound Trap
1: really made a lot of uh great strides and waves, if you will, no pun intended, in uh in the education space. You know, then you've got you know tutoring support services like paper learning that you know has really came on the scene uh as I mean recently got their Series C. Uh, funding of 100 million US. So clearly, they're the one to watch uh, that is leveling the playing field in terms of making uh, um, tutoring accessible to all kids. And I really admire Phil Cutler, the founder and co-founder and CEO for who won our startup challenge in the past for his vision and passion to really level the playing field that support all kids that, you know, it's not just the rich kids who are getting to go to tutoring support services that they're going through the school district. So that's a really innovative approach that, that they've taken, but uh, you know, storytelling is really the rage now. And um, you know, we're using Canva in a big way. There's Canva education that's available, that gives you all the tools to storytell. And I encourage teachers to take advantage of of those free resources in Minecraft. I mean, coding, uh, coding has come of age, you know, uh, in Canada, it's immersed in K-12 at every level. And Minecraft's EDU is free to schools. And, uh, you know, we have our Schools of the Future Challenge winners who redesigned their own school and came up with ideas of what they'd like to see for the school of the future. You know, it's never been a more exciting time to be in education. I like to say, Matt, and, and you're at the forefront of it. And we're just so thrilled to be part of the journey and, uh, and the equation in the learning process.
0: Yeah, I know, 100%. And that's why I've enjoyed having you on today. This has been such a vibrant conversation, so much to talk about, and just so many good nuggets of information here for our listeners to check out. So thank you so much for being on today.
1: My pleasure. We can have a whole series for goodness sakes. There's so much to talk about this past year and kudos to you on all that you do and uh, and congrats on your new role that you'll be taking on uh, for back to school and uh, and your new book, you know, it's uh, it's really about following your passion and and making it happen and um, and uh, congratulations.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. I can't wait to share it with you uh, in the future and hopefully you're able to get a copy.
1: Absolutely. And we'll feature you on, in our mindshare report. uh, We always have books of the
0: month and books of the week. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, listeners, until next time, we'll talk to you later.